Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Bulls on Tap. I am your boy Buzz, and I'm joined by my dude Goose, a.k.a. Bull Scripted. And we took a couple nights off, man. Bulls got killed by the Lakers. I was too inebriated to even record a podcast after that. And then last night, the Bulls lost to the Celtics, and I fell asleep in about the fourth quarter. So that's my bad. Those are both my bad. Um, anyway, before we get into this episode, be sure you're going on tapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Following us on Twitter at BullsOnTap, at OnTapSportsNet. Following Goose at BullsScripted. Following me at BuzzOnTap. Anywhere you can listen to podcasts, you can listen to us. So be sure to give us a five-star rating and review because that is cool and tough. Goose, it was a rough weekend for the Bulls and a rough start to the week for the Bulls. Not just because of losses, but bad news came too. Um, I gave myself all the blame for that Lakers that Lakers uh, game that we didn't do the recap on, but I, I was very. I, I don't think I could have edited it. But you were very, very not happy after that one. No, not at all. Um, I just kind of asked you if we could skip it. I really, I really didn't want to talk about it. Uh, getting your ass kicked by LeBron never feels good, even though you expect it. It's it's it never feels any better than it did the last time, and no. Uh, it was it was not a game to be without Wendell Carter Jr. I don't know when his thigh bruise is going to be good enough to play basketball again, uh, but I do hope it's very soon because only having Daniel Gafford uh, followed by Cornette and Felicio is not a good situation to be in with your center spot, even if Lowry and Thad can situationally play that position. Uh, they can't do that against Anthony Davis, and it showed against the Lakers. And the Celtics, I mean, the way we started off that game, I thought it was going to be like, all right, this is going to be okay. And then I think the Celtics went on like a 16-4 to run after we started on a nice lead. Kobe hit a three. Zach hit a three. I'm like, all right, everybody's going to show up tonight. And then just nothing popped off. And it was another game that I started just zoning in and out of. Uh, I saw your tweet about Lowry. That cracked me up. Uh, which Lowry one? Not taking, the, the, the one where he doesn't take advantage of Grant Williams in the post, which is very disappointing because uh, it happened twice. Um, yeah, Lowry not being seven foot can sometimes be disappointing because he is seven foot tall. It's annoying to me. And he had a, he had a position against Smart in that game too. I mean, dude, like they come off the screen, the mismatch is set. You give him the ball, he does this, like, you know, right-hand dribble, backs him down, does not move Marcus Smart, and I'm like, oh, I'm like, no. Like, didn't really? And I'm like, he's going to peel out of this paint right now. And he peels out of the paint, and he kicks it to the outside. I'm like, son of a bitch. I'm like, put your shoulder down. I see you do it when you're driving to the rim against way bigger defenders. Put your shoulder into him. If he, if he takes the charge, you take the charge. But you're you're there. Make an effort. And that is why I got so mad, dude. I got yesterday pissed me off in the beginning, even when we jumped out, okay? Because like they're turning the ball over constantly. Again. It's like you're not learning from it. And listen, I know they're not the greatest team in the world. I know there's gonna be growing pains, but you have to take care of the ball. We had nineteen total turnovers yesterday, and thirty-five Boston points came off of them. Thirty-five. That's fucking mental dude that's a lot you know I, I, 
it's just so well, no, frustrating. I mean, it's frustrating. Final score, that was like a fourth of the Celtics' points. Right, it was 119 to 103 we dropped to the Celtics. The Lakers just beat the shit out of us. 101 to 90, that's no justice there. We just we got back in it in garbage time. Like there was no chance we're, Anthony Davis killed us. We are really good at making games look a lot closer than they were to finish because our our bench, the back end of our bench squad is just terror. They just tear it up. They they are amazing in garbage time and they would never see rotational minutes in any other game, but when it is garbage time, those sons of bitches can play. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 it feels like I'm kind of like in an alternate universe where I'm watching two-minute Mitch. You know, the Bears are already <laughs> out of the game, but they just go right down the fucking field and they score, and it's just like everybody's like, well, did you see that drive? It's like it's over. They don't give a shit. And Bulls, I... Bulls bench 11-15, to 15, man. You, if you can count on anything, bet the the spread. If it's like over 20 points, take it. Take it because the the bulls are going to cover for you. Yeah, it's it's a very good point. Also, for the people that are joining us for the live on Twitter, I did spell bulls on tap wrong because I was rushing. So we are bulls on tau tonight. We're bulls on tau. Bulls on tau. <laughs> bulls on tau tonight. So it's it's our name for tonight. And I I'm an idiot. I really need an edit button for Twitter. I, I really need an edit button. But um, things that I saw in the Lakers game that I didn't like. <sighs> Lowry couldn't hit a three-pointer, and I mean, I, I we we couldn't hit a three-pointer. Well, I think that right. was zero for thirteen to start the game. Yeah, it was not it was not great, Bob. Uh, Lowry went zero for five. He was I, I like that he's trying to shoot out of the slump instead of like looking to kick away this season. That is a difference from last season, which I'll give credit where credits due. He's trying to get out of it right away. That's good. Um, I thought P will looked all right. Um, Zach struggled. Um, he did have 10 boards, four assists, but the seven turnovers, back-to-back games, Lakers seven turnovers, Celtics six turnovers. You know, he's got it. I, I know he's trying to play make more, and I really, really respect that, but he needs to make better decisions with the ball. There's not really much in that Lakers game to, to talk good or bad about. I mean, Anthony Davis just came out, and, he, dude, he fucked us up. That's I mean, that's just what it is. He, he, he fucked he us said, up. He said, ha-ha, I'm not coming home. You get to eat this. How does that feel? Um, no, I mean, on the Zach Levine turnover front, it's hard to be too critical. And I don't mean to correct you here, but I don't even think it's the decisions. It's just the execution. Like he has the right idea. He's, he's making the right pass. He's just throwing it away. He's not putting that right pass in the right spot. So the thought process is the right thought process. The execution, however, is not always accurate for him uh, when it comes to passing. What did you think and, about last night? I mean, I mean, he had some, like, you think off coming off a seven turnover game, he had some lazy passes last night, too. And I was really shocked. To, I, I was. I was shocked to see it. Because he's been going, like, 100 every game. I have to give him credit. He's, like, going, like, 100%, like, full throttle. He's doing everything he can. And last night I just kind of saw it wasn't a different Zach Levine. Maybe he's tired. I don't know. I, it was just a couple lazy passes that the one where Thad came off the screen in the second quarter with Zach and Thad went to roll and Zach kind of did one of these like little, like, one, you know, like want to pass like that. And it's just right into smart's hand, right down to Jalen Brown, right for the transition bucket. And I'm like, motherfucker, man. Like, Oh my God, right off the turnover. So last night I saw that. I mean, did you, what did you think of his performance last night? I, I'd almost argue, even though he, he scored, what do you have, 30 last night? I'd almost argue it was, nah, I guess it wasn't as worse as the Lakers game, but it wasn't great either. 
I don't know. Do you think he's kind of fed up having to do so much that, like, certain games it feels like he doesn't have this pressure, but then still, like, 90% of the time it's all me or it's all nothing? If I'm not making the pass, nobody's making the pass. If I'm not making the shot, nobody's making the shot. Do you think that's taking a toll on him? Is oh. he fed up? Like, If he wants man, a max I contract, mean, he better not be. I mean, yeah, but he could he can probably get a max anywhere, especially the way he's played so far this season. Anybody who's got the money, I'll throw it at him. If it means they get him free, right? So it's not like he's going to be pigeonholed to just the Bulls for that contract. So I, I don't know. I, it's hard to criticize Zach of anybody on this team because he's the one player outside of Thad and you know the rest of the vet squad on the bench there that does show up no matter what every game, even if they are having a bad game. So. I don't know what these two games mean. Maybe it's reality check for us fans. We're getting a little excited about beating the teams that we're supposed to beat. Um, and putting it back into perspective that nah, we're not anywhere close. Uh, granted, I, I want to know what's going on with Sato. Is he being worked back in slowly because he's still feeling the effects of COVID? Um, are they trying not to hurt Kobe's feelings? Is that the delicate balance that they're trying to find is we can only give Saddle this much opportunity because if he outshines Kobe this much, and it's evident that we have to replace Kobe in the starting lineup. Like what is the tightrope that we're walking here? Because we are starting one of the youngest lineups in the league. Um, no one's over 25. Our, no, exactly. Um, but for the most part, our bench is outperforming our starters and they're more, established players so at what point do we change that balance or are we just riding with this the whole season of we're going to develop these players and we're going to lose games probably right well Sato had 12 minutes against the Lakers he had 24 he actually got an even split with Kobe last game um I can't remember did you post something today on Twitter saying that like someone said you know Kobe just needs to take a day off of basketball and just reset mentally and then get back into the swing of things. I mean, they have a nice long layoff, if you look at it, legit, because they're not playing Memphis on Wednesday. So, I mean, they have a layoff until Saturday. No, yeah, with the uh, post-game show, Kendall Gill was asked, you know, what would you do, Kendall, in your first, you know, few years in the league if you were struggling and you're in a slump? What would you do to get out of it? And he said, you know, a lot of people think that the best thing and what players do is they get back into the gym and they just start shooting more and they just they keep working on it and they work through it. And he said, that's not the issue with Kobe. You hear all the time how Kobe's lifting and getting up shots after a game. That's just the way that him, Garrett Temple, and some of the guys on this team like to go about their business. But the best thing for him sometimes in those situations was just taking a day off from basketball entirely and resetting and coming back to it and you know remembering how much you love the game and stop stressing about it so much and just – Getting, getting back to being yourself on the court. and Maybe that's what he needs because uh, his post-game press conference, he looked really down. He looked he defeated. Did not, he looked defeated. He did, he did not look good at all. And that's not the Kobe we're used to seeing. He's usually full of energy, uh, you know, rain or sunshine. So hopefully we get the Kobe we're used to seeing back here soon because it's we need him. And, uh, you know, it would be nice to get Saddle back to full strength too because this team clearly needs – somebody that can take the ball out of Zach's hands more times than not. And if Kobe's not hitting his shots, he's not confident with the ball either. Right, right. You know, and speaking of Kobe being down, we watched a rookie play 31 minutes against LeBron and AD and company on Saturday, but only played 10 minutes last night. 
Now, I, I've read some things that Billy Donovan said that I don't want to quote him without reading it well, but it said, like, Patrick Williams is, you know, asking why he played 10 minutes, he said overwhelmed. Donovan theorized that he was overwhelmed by everything lately basketball-wise. Those were Donovan's words as he pointed out Williams Williams has not told him that. So I wonder what that means. Like, what does that mean you're overwhelmed? Like, what does that mean that, you know, like you just came off a 31 against, you know, LeBron James, 31 minutes, and you, you played a decent game. I mean, I know the game sucked, but, I mean, he wasn't the worst. He was, you know, if, if anybody likes plus-minus, Patrick Williams was only negative three, minus three in that game. He had eight boards. He had an assist. He had only one turnover, two personal fouls, five for 12 from the field, two for four from downtown. That was Saturday. And then yesterday, you know, against the Celtics, he goes one for four. He has two turnovers in ten minutes, one assists, and uh, two points. So, I do you think that was kind of foreshadowing the possibility of Otto or Temple stepping into his spot in the I was starting lineup? Just about to say that to you. I was just about to say that to you. I wonder if they move P. Will to the bench, and you know. I don't know. I mean, sometimes for Otto Porter Jr. it works. Sometimes it doesn't. But 23 minutes last night, he went four for eight. All four makes were from downtown. He had 13 points. Um, I wonder, and this is something we had brought up in the beginning with Patrick Williams starting. I like Patrick Williams starting because I don't see Otto Porter Jr. being a part of this team for the future. So I want to see what we have. But at the same time, I wonder. I don't know what the hell they're trying to do. I, I'm not sure. I really don't. I mean, why are they trying to? You know, will they play Auto a little bit more to try to get more out of him from a trade? I mean, he's only a rental. I, I I can't see that being a scenario. Or do they think that they put too much pressure on Pat right away, which goes with the you know comments that Billy made? I I, I don't know. I, I mean, I think you can make a good case that you put too much pressure on the kid right away. Uh, didn't start a single game in college, which uh, we got killed for overly pointing out on draft night. And you go from that to defending LeBron, Giannis, Kawhi, uh, the, Kawhi you know, the team's best play, the league's best players, the world's best players. So from being a bench player at FSU to being a 19-year-old who's tasked with and expected to defend these players and then not make mistakes on the offensive end, which... While he's been shooting great percentages from three, I don't want to know if we went through game by game how many turnovers he has, hesitating, traveling, stepping out of bounds, um, just instead of putting up the shot. So maybe teams are starting to force him into that corner three more, and that's frustrating to him, or just the the concept entirely of being a 19-year-old kid that, didn't start a single game in college and is now starting every single game. You have to you know, keep in mind not only the competition, but the am- amount of games that you're playing. He's playing a lot more games in a shorter span, too. So we'll see how that plays out. But my indication from Billy saying that would be foreshadowing a potential rotational move there. Makes sense. It makes sense. You know, and I don't... I don't think it hurts him moving to the bench. I'm not calling for it by any means necessary, but, I mean, whatever Billy thinks, you know, because, like I said, Billy's got my respect. You know, I, I not that he needs it or cares about it, but he has my respect as a head coach where I think that, okay, you know, I, I trust. I'm not going to bitch about what this guy is doing, right? Like, I haven't had that in a while. So, I mean, 
if they did move him to the bench, I, I would be cool with it. I understand it. I just I hope that it doesn't get into mm. his head too much. Because like you said, the turnovers that he does have, they probably come off of stepping on the you know stepping on the line or or hesitating, not knowing whether or not to shoot or drive. And we've seen that countless times from him. It's not bad passes that he's making with these turnovers. It's just like little mental errors like that. So maybe it comes down to not. I don't want to say an IQ thing. I don't want to insult him like that. But maybe it just. Comes oh no! Up. It's it's definitely not an IQ thing. It's just nerves. Right. It's all new. He wasn't a three point shooter. The the percentages that he's putting up, I was not expecting anything close to that right. to start. I was expecting mid range all the way floater game. You know, a couple attempts with limited success. So maybe I don't know. I don't want to put it on the people that are calling him Kawhi Junior. But do you think that like? Do you think a 19-year-old kid wants to hear that, I, like, right away? I mean, sure, it's a, it's a compliment, but it's also a, it's a, a standard. It's a curse. No, yeah, you are you play for the Chicago Bulls. You were drafted number four overall, and now everybody and their cousin expects you to be Kawhi Leonard Jr. because you got thighs like a bull and you got hands like Kawhi, so you're, you're Kawhi Jr. Um I think everything's probably just a lot of pressure for him right now, and he he would never say that to Billy. Uh, quote that Thad had said: the one thing that isn't in question is how much Pat wants it. That you know he asks all the right questions, he's willing to put in all the work, and he wants it badly. So it can't be desire with Pat; it has to be nerves or fear or just the unknown at this point still. Right, I mean, and, and to your point, like, who wouldn't love to be, like, or not who wouldn't love to be compared to Choir, but that, that pressure for a humble kid, like, I could see somebody who is flashy coming out of a draft, you know, even shit, like a LaMelo or something like that, or a James Wiseman, if you called him something like that. I know he's not quite the different body types, but being compared to somebody, I think they would embrace that kind of shit, where I feel like Pat, I don't know him personally, he just seems like a quiet, humble dude who just goes to work. That's what he seems like to me from interviews that I've watched with him. Obviously, we didn't get to have the you know the season ticket holder thing that we went to last year where we get to kind of see the players, hear them talk and stuff like that. Sorry, that's my daughter running up there. It's ridiculous. Um, anyway, but, you know, like, I, I wonder, if, like you said, if that bothers him. And if it does, I mean, it just kind of sucks. But, you know, I think, obviously, he's a rookie. Weird season, weird, weird times in, in life. A lot of things probably are really overwhelming to him, but I'm sure he'll get back on track, man. He's been a really, like you said, pleasant surprise from downtown this year. His mid-range looks awesome. He's going to be a good player. It's just going to be some growing pains here and there. Let's get into another guy. <laughs> growing pains. Staying healthy. Wendell Carter Jr. will be reevaluated in four weeks, my man. Four this is like Otto Porter having a foot bruise to a fucking foot fracture to a foot edema kind of. What the? F- mm. See, this is a new training staff, though. You know, so whatever. Oh, it was a thigh contusion, a deep thigh contusion, something like that. It's written over at ontapsportsnet.com if anybody wants to check it out. But he is mm. out for four plus weeks. Did I just break that to you because you left your phone in the car? I mean, I I haven't been on Twitter much. Like I said, I got a new phone earlier today and i yeah my phone was in the car so no i had no idea that he was going to be out for another four weeks yeah i mean four it's four, four weeks. weeks yeah he's hell be- at this rate we gotta hope that like every single game gets postponed because of covid because what the f- a severe oh. right quad contusion is the uh is the uh 
diagnosis here for Somebody him. hit him with a baseball bat in practice? We, we play basketball. What either the that, fuck happened here? Either that or Denzel's hung like a horse and really fucking oh, ran into what, him. Why? 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 Because Denzel ran into him. Why? Okay, okay, so it is confirmed it's Denzel? Denzel ran into him. That's what it said okay. in practice. Okay. He's okay. been out ever since that happened. So Denzel's got to be packing I, something in the fucking shorts. <sighs> got a baton in there you you went there you i went I, there. I had to i had to i mean he had a fucking baton jesus. in there he hit him with a baton i don't know what you want me to tell you that, jesus that's what happened uh like seriously denzel runs into you and you're fucking out for a, a month and he's not even it, and it's not just he'll be back in four weeks he's being re-evaluated in four if weeks. it was patrick williams that ran into him it would make sense because that kid's built like a truck denzel valentine should have crumbled when he ran into wendell carter jr not the opposite um, I don't, that's, uh, uh, the only thing I can picture I in my head right now is the, is when Kobe was calling Dwight Howard soft, you, you, you know, that, that gif I'm talking about where Kobe's just shaking his head. He's like soft, soft. You know what I'm saying? Like that is the only thing I can picture right now. No, I'm having a lot of worse thoughts and a lot of worse comments and I'm not going to say anything because I don't want to be that guy, but what is an anchor that isn't on the floor. Can't stay on the floor. Can't get it ran into by Denzel Valentine in a half-ass speed practice without missing a month. Like, come on, this guy's supposed to be our franchise center, and he can't play more than 40 games in a season. We're going to have a shortened season, and 30 games was probably the bar, and he might not make that if he's going to be out for another month. <laughs> well, I mean, it, 44 is rookie year, 43 in 2019-2020, obviously we know the season was shut down, but he missed time last year as well. He missed time. This year he is now missing time again. Uh, a month he is being reevaluated. Does not mean he'll be back in a month. It means he'll be reevaluated in a month. Uh, and I'm that, assuming and a month means, and two weeks he'll be back. And then that means when he gets back, we get another two weeks of, wait, Wendell Carter hasn't played basketball for a couple weeks. you got to give him some time, you know, like another ten games. He's going to have to warm he, up. And, and then when he puts up a double-double, I'm going to freak the fuck out and tell you that he's the greatest center in the NBA. Um, I like uh, Wendell. I do, but, but I'm not going to pretend that he's not average either. And he's average and equally unavailable a lot of the time. So if you're only average and you're only available half the time, you're not worth much to me. I, I, get, I get the allure of the overall game and the potential and the two-way upside and Oh, that's fine and dandy, but you got to have your ass on the floor for that to mean a damn thing. And you know what really sucks about all of this, too? I mean, when you look in, in as much as I, like, love Lowry, you know, and everything, I mean, our, both of our bigs just find themselves in these terrible situations constantly. They do. They just, it, it's constant. It's constant. I mean, Lowry played 52 games in 2018-2019. He played 50 games in 2019-2020. He's missed time this year. I know it was a COVID thing at first, but he did sustain an injury in in, in Washington, if you remember, and that's why he was going to miss a little a couple games. The COVID thing, him being out, well, no, he, yeah, he, he rehabbed he, from it. You know, he, he played in that second game and then he actually sat out the second half of that second game after right. he had that injury and then he went into the COVID protocol cuz he was in the same bus with uh, Sato. Sato. So, I mean, you know, so. it, it's just our bigs just can't seem to stay healthy. And it's it's a real big issue. And that's a real big issue with with Lowry looking for a contract. 
You know, and that might be a big issue when Wendell Carter Jr. is going down that block. When he's looking for a contract, I can present to you, yeah, dude, your potential's through, through the roof. You know, you're a big who has shown a little bit that you're working on stretching the floor, and he hit a couple threes this year. And, and in good times, he's done it too. I mean, he missed a lot, you know, and especially in preseason, but he was kind of looking confident with the corner three. Then he was popping the midi. We're like, okay, there he is. Okay, there he is. You know, then he's playing some good defense. Setting good screens, making good passes. How valuable is it when you're not on the court consistently? How valuable is it? We can see, you know, this isn't 2K. You can't turn injuries off. No, you can't. And at what point does it become, are you getting injured because you're playing out of position? Are you just not an NBA center? Are you not built to be that? And if that's the case, you're not a power forward either until you can shoot the ball. So... I don't know. Uh, it, it's a lot easier to be happy about Wendell when he's playing because he is extremely valuable to this team. Uh, we suck on defense. Wendell is, at the very least, above average at defense, and he makes us competent on that end for most of the game. We're 26th in the league with him out. 26th in defense. What are we with him in? i got to find that now because I don't <laughs> <laughs> You're not really making a positive or a negative case. I just, we were, we were not 26. I think we were like eight, 17th or something. i got, okay. I got to find it. I had it pulled up, and then I hit the, fr- the X. God damn it. Anyway, go ahead. Finish your thought because I interrupted you. So, no, there, there's no denying what Wendell does for this team with their lack of defense. And But what does it matter if you can't play? And... You know, uh, I wish him well. I hope he gets better the sooner the better for him and everybody on this team. But that's that's heartbreaking news for me. I did not know that he was going to be out for at least another month. Oh, okay. I messed this up. I'm so sorry. So without Wendell Carter Jr., a pretty bad defense. Once one twelve point eight in defensive rating, twenty six in the NBA becomes much. So we were twenty six in the NBA. My bad. We were twenty six in the NBA. And we become much, much worse now. This is from Michael Walton, which congratulations to him. I know he listens to our podcast. He actually got a new job at the Action Network. And I like Michael Walton. I think he's a really good dude. So I'm you know, very happy for him. But he put he put that on Twitter earlier. I knew I had saw something and it just popped up and I hit the X on it. But, yeah, so we were 26 in the NBA already. Now losing him, we're probably going down 30. I mean, you know, I mean, seriously. I mean, and now who do you start? You keep riding DG or do you switch over to Thad? What do you do here? I think you almost got to go with Thad Lowry. I, I think so, five. too. That's what I think. I think we should go Thad Lowry. Not Nothing against Daniel Gafford at all. That's not what I'm doing. I'm just saying that. No, he started off that Celtics game with a couple blocks. He yep. was looking like he was going to have a solid game. But it's like when he's not the energy, energy guy off the bench, he does kind of lose that, that edge. When he comes off the bench, it's like he's fighting for something. When he's in the game to start, it's almost like, I'm here. I'm doing what I'm supposed to. So I don't know. Uh, but I do Playing think the better safe, solution. Kinda. kinda, yeah. I mean, so I think the better solution there is Thad Lowry. Um, heck, I think where we had the most success might even have been Otto Thad in the last two games, four or five. So Billy's got some decisions to make. If Wendell's going to be out for a while, um, I really don't. I don't. Oof. Probably already said too much about it. But man, that, that sucks. I yeah, don't know. It's bad. It's bad for the Bulls. It's bad for Wendell. I mean, you know, you don't get better unless you play consistently. Battling injuries, I mean, we've seen it time and time again, especially in in Chicago. How many damn injuries our players seem to get over here? I know every team deals with injuries, but my God. Come 
coming into the season, we haven't had enough games of Zach Lowry and Wendell all on the floor together. The sample size of Zach Lowry, Wendell, and Kobe is even smaller. Right. Um, and this was, once again, just like last year, supposed to be the year that that changed. And uh, you have Lowry in and out. You got the COVID protocols that you're juggling uh, on top of now your starting center being out for over a month. That's that's crazy to me. Yeah, it's definitely going to be hard. Um, I. <laughs> I definitely see this team struggling without, and I'm being honest, without Wendell. I definitely, defensively, we know he's going to be struggling, but there was a couple games where he he actually took a little bit of the offensive burden away. I, I know it wasn't often, but he did. He hit big shots and big moments, you know, like to stop the bleeding, as Stacey would say, you know. like the, I think he's taking the comfortability with Zach having the ball in his hands away, too, because the difference in the level of screens that Wendell sets compared to Gafford is a lot different. He does have that kind of mid-range game that people have to respect. So that pocket pass with him and Zach in the pick and roll was really starting to come into its own, and now that's that's gone. So defensively, we're taking a step back. Offensively, we're taking a step back, and we don't have much depth there. Shit, we saw Big Chris play 10 minutes plus uh and I almost turned the Lakers game off when that happened. But. Oh, I was stoked, bro. I was like, I, I went live, I think, for a minute on Twitter. I, <laughs> I did. I was. I, no, I, you messaged me at halftime, bro. Do you want to do a live halftime show? I was like, can we pick a better game to do this shit? Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't want to talk about this right now. I'm drunk, bro. Come I, on. I don't know. I don't know what happened on Saturday night where I had, I had drank like a lot and I don't even know how it happened like I had I don't even know what I I was drinking oh I ran out of Miller Lite and I started sipping on that a little something something have you ever heard of that no it's it keep going it's by Lagunitas I think or something like that they think they make that beer and I started drinking that dude and I got like through six of them and I slammed them like they were Miller Lights and then all of a sudden like I took a shot of Creek Water and then everything went everything went like zero dark 30 I had like I had this TV going, this TV going, this one going. All had different games on it. I'm like, we should do the halftime show, man. Let's do this. Like, and then by the time it was time to record, you're like, dude, this sucks. I was basically passed out. Like, there was nothing. There was nothing left. There was nothing left. You know, you know, I'm drunk when I fall asleep down here. I love the basement. It's cool, but I got a space heater back here on right now. I got a space heater over there on. It is cold as balls down here. Like, cold as hell, and I passed out down here for, like, four hours. No blanket, nothing. Just out cold. So that is what happened Saturday, but that halftime show would have been electric if you were on, though. It would have been fucking awesome. <laughs> I actually had Iowa Zach on. Iowa Zach is, um, he's a cool dude, man, and he, uh, he's a Lakers fan, so him and I were talking shit back and forth, you know, total cool dude, um, awesome Sox fan, but, you know, I, um, I did the halftime show with him, and then we somehow started talking about the McGregor fight. Went completely off track. Missed like four minutes of the third quarter, and you know. And then you took a nap. <laughs> I took a nap. Yeah. <laughs> you, you took a drunk nap. Just took a drunk nap. You, 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 you took a Jim Leahy nap. I did. I did. Jesus. Well, but, hopefully uh, the game's not bad enough to force you into one of those uh, drunken comas. 
coming up, but our next game was postponed, was it not? Yeah, so we're not playing Memphis on Wednesday now. That was postponed due to uh, Memphis being parked. That is the term that the NBA is using right now. Memphis is parked. They're parked. They're okay. parked. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, I guess that sounds better than they are fucked from COVID. So, yeah, we're going to say parked. Um, so our next game will be against Portland, um, and that will be next Saturday. Or, well, I mean, this Saturday coming up. But that uh, Portland is in Chicago for that game with United Center. But one thing before we kind of you know drift off into that, we have to talk about one more thing. I know we talked about the Wendell injury, Denzel's playing time. We talked a lot about that in the last game, that recap we did, and how we feel about that. There's so many people besides Fred mad about that. It's, it's hysterical. Um, but Lonzo Ball is on the trade block supposedly now he has not been linked to the bulls from what i've read i was like the knicks the magic the clippers i can't there's like two or three other teams in there not the bulls but our friends over at nbc bulls talk who i love i love those guys they're always cool with interacting with us and uh the Arturis fan club guy who's he seems like a real nice funny dude um you know had just put something on twitter where i saw it so i thought something went down at first because it said lonzo bull and i'm like oh I'm like, did they did they fucking trade for Lonzo Ball? Like, I'm like stoked for a minute. I'm like, holy shit, because you know I'm on that train. I'm on that train. I am going to probably be wrong, but I'm on that train for sure. Um, no, they didn't trade for him. But my God, dude, he is playing not great over with uh, New Orleans. He's been basically taken out of his primary playmaking role to a spot-up shooter, good defender, and then he gets the ball every once in a while to create. That is not where he thrives he thrives on the fast break and creating for his teammates with his poor play right now where do you think his value is at well not only do you have to incorporate the poor play you have to incorporate the pending restricted free agency that's coming up touche um so i can't imagine it's very high you're paying for a rental that other teams are going to be able to bid on if he has success so best case scenario he sucks and you get him on a cheap contract and after you sign him to that contract then he's great um <laughs> worst case you trade something you give something up for him and then he balls the fuck out because he's playing the position in the role that he's supposed to and now you're gonna have to match a 15 20 million dollar offer in the offseason and the bulls have the money to do it but at that point do you not just throw the money at him and get him for free come the offseason see how he shakes out uh but on a discounted flyer i wouldn't be upset i don't know how you handle that with kobe white what do you say kobe, you're gonna be a six man again i know we told you you're the starting point guard uh but now lonzo ball's here and he's clearly better at passing the basketball than you are and next to zach that makes more sense so we're gonna have you come off the bench like that i think there's a lot of politics with kobe and it's gonna be kind of tough for them to figure out this lead playmaker role until they figure out what exactly Kobe is and can be. And you don't get there by supplanting him in his current position. I, I dude, I mean, honestly, if Lonzo ball came over, I'm pairing him immediately with Zach Levine in the fucking starting lineup. Well, yeah. And I'm not disputing that, but that, how do you have that conversation with your sophomore point guard that was taken in the top 10? who didn't get to start at all last year because he had to play between Tom, behind Thomas Sadoransky, Tomas, and he earned the uh, 
the chance to start this season, and now that's instantly going to go away because you're going to trade for Lonzo Ball. I okay, so yeah, again, all good points. If that, if <laughs> that, is, I don't give a shit because Lonzo Ball can pass the basketball, <laughs> right? Consistently and uh, consistently, um, and Kobe White's shown flashes of that this year. I'm not going to sit here and fucking lie and say that I don't believe that he could be a playmaker. I do believe he could be a playmaker. I've said that before. I'm still sticking by that. I'm just obsessed with obtaining young talent to see if it works, I guess. I mean, no one on this team, and I said this from the beginning of the year, and I know you have too, no one should be safe. I remember we had a question on one of our shows, who's who's not safe, when we did the fan questions, and I was, or, you know, who is safe, who's not safe? I don't think anybody should be safe. Nobody. So if a deal comes along where I can fucking ship out a second-round pick, I know, don't freak out because I'm getting rid of a second-round pick, they always pan out. You know, but if I ship out fucking Denzel or or Garrett Temple, who's playing well, I like Garrett Temple, but he's not a See, part of my long term future. And I can get a, a flyer on a young guy, then maybe I'd be into it. Maybe I'd be into it, and not, and not because I'm a Lonzo Ball homer. Is because if and, and I want to clarify too by saying Lonzo Ball homer. I just I think he plays really good perimeter defense, and I think a player like him next to Zach can not only help Zach defensively, but can also cover up some defensive, you know, mishaps that Zach has, and he can be a guy that can create for these guys, too, like our bigs, that are supposed to be decently scoring bigs and put them in the right situation more often than not. That's why I like Lonzo Ball. If I can get a point guard like that, that's the point guard I'd want. You know, like, I mean... Obviously, I want him to shoot way better than 58% from the fucking free throw. He's not the ideal point guard in that sense. <laughs> but I just, I mean, a player like that, a player that can score a, a decently and, and can facilitate for his teammates. Obviously, I like a superstar at every position, but that's not realistic. I think that he would look good with the bigs. I do. I, I think that. No, I mean, the same reason that we both, or at least myself, are really hot and heavy on getting LaMelo on a rookie contract. I think LaMelo's ceiling's a lot higher than his brother's, but same same caveat. You want that playmaking. And next to Zach Levine, a guy who can take the ball out of Zach's hands to facilitate for the rest of your team and cover Zach's flaws defensively, uh, I, I do see a fit there. And at the right cost, I love the move. I just don't know how you go about it. Do you wait? Do you give Kobe this full season? Do you give him his due in his sophomore season to break through this slump and go, let's see if this kid can do it. And then at, you know, season's end, Lonzo Ball's a free agent. We can go get him and we can try then once we know the answer to this Kobe question. Or do we bring in a greater level of competition than Sadoransky, who we probably brought in for competition? Like, hey, he's not an NBA starter, but he's a spot starter. He's Mike Glennon. Um Let's see if this kid can take his spot. Kobe earned the right to take Sato's spot, though it's in question whether or not Sato's fits better with the starters. Um, maybe you do the same thing with Lonzo. Maybe you can send Sato and a second or something, and, you know, that would be fantastic. But I, It'll probably – I would assume, dude, it would take like – I would have to play with the fucking trade machine, but maybe like a second-round pick or something like that. Otto, Kobe, maybe even a part of the deal. Uh, uh, Otto's – Kobe – Part of the deal? Oh, boy. Well, okay, hang on. So I'm, I'm not saying I'd pull the trigger on that. I'm saying that that's probably what it would take. You know, because okay. now well, that's what it takes. I'm waiting to the offseason. 
right, I'd probably wait till the off season too if that's what it took right now because this is a lost season, it, it, especially if our team's going to battle with injuries. Like you know, I mean, I, honest to God. But if I were the Pelicans, I'm looking at somebody to space the floor next to fucking Zion and, and Brandon Ingram. Wouldn't you be? Yeah, I mean, but then I'd probably go Lowry. They're both in a similar contract situation. Maybe you can even pull a full swap there, Lowry for Lonzo. Oh, like put like, put like what? Like Ingram at the at, at the three, and then obviously Zion at the four, and Lowry at the five. Then because they, they yeah, have, they mean, have Stephen Adams. You know, you know what I mean. I mean, it, I mean Lowry would probably be coming off the bench, but yeah, yeah I mean, it gives you the spacing that you want. Um, I don't think the Adams fit really works with Zion. That great, Clogs I, I get a little bit. Yeah, I, I understood the concept behind it. It's a sign to Zion. Like, hey, man, you're not going to play the center. We got a guy. We've extended him. You know, he's going to hold that position. We're not going to expect you to play the center position because I'm sure he doesn't want to play that. But given his skill sets, rebounding and post scoring, well, that's that's what you are. You're you're a big man. You're not a perimeter threat. So uh, I get the logic behind the Adams signing, but I do think in spot minutes, Zion's probably best at the five. So, um, at Lowry, I'd be more comfortable trading as much as Lowry is probably still my favorite player on this team. Um, his contract situation lines up exactly with Lonzo's. And if you could pull that swap, um, I'd be for it, you know, give Thad starting minutes. You got Thad on an extra year next year. Maybe you don't feel you can get enough value for Thad that justifies getting rid of him. Uh, you need that vet presence here. So I don't know. But Kobe is not something that I'd entertain in the deal for Lonzo. That's a fair point. Fair point. I just logged on to Twitter and um, <laughs> just to look at, you know, I typed in Lonzo Ball's name in the search bar. And um, there was a, a face, a familiar face that popped up. Why are the Chicago Bulls looking at Lonzo Ball when they could have this man? And it was D. Rose. And um, I tell you what, I don't give a fuck what anybody says. If D Rose were to come back here, you wouldn't hear from me for a fucking week. I'd be on a bender celebrating because I, I don't give a shit. That is my favorite bull outside of Michael Jordan and Kirk Heinrich. And Steve, and I do think that if you brought Derrick Rose here and you made him a starter, I don't think Kobe White could say boo then. Then you have a mentor in right. front of him. You have a Chicago legend, a previous Bulls MVP so coming cool. back. It no, won't it, then, it won't happen, but it'd be cool. Detroit sucks bad enough. Yeah, but you know there is a one team that is on this list that's actually interested in Derrick Rose. The Los Angeles Lakers. You're wrong. Really? You're wrong. There's a team that's interested in on dude. You're gonna put two and two together. Who who hoards all of his old talent? The Knicks. Yeah, they're on this list. They're like on this list. Really? It's the Clippers really? the... and the Knicks. See, I would have thought the Lakers, and I always thought that was weird because of Derrick Rose's stint in Cleveland being so short and it leading to that kind of awkward video of him coming, working out in just a gym by himself. Um, and Derrick Rose just being out of the NBA, which was ridiculous to begin with. But that's why any time that he gets linked to the Lakers, I'm like, does he really want to go play with LeBron after that shit? Like, I wouldn't. Fuck this guy. Um... Now the Clippers, that makes sense. But the Knicks? Huh. I mean, I guess Thibs. I mean, he, he signed these Taj. guys. He's, He's going to Taj. You're going to see like in a fucking, like in a little, uh, you know, post on Twitter or something like that. Lou Aldang coming out of retirement. Tom Thibodeau called him, asked him if he could still play 41 minutes a game. And uh, Lou Aldang obliged. He's coming back. So, yeah, it's the Knicks and the Clippers are among the teams interested in trading for Derrick Rose. 
there's a bunch of shit. You know, I mean, I love the NBA. I love all this news that you could speculate on. It's so fucking fun. And well, again, I mean, I know, guess the trade deadline is almost exactly two months away. March yeah. 25th. You know, and, and I'll tell you, man, it's fun to speculate on it and talk about it. And I, as much as all the, like, I would not give up a first round pick at all in a deal for Lonzo Ball. Not fucking even close. I wouldn't. But it is fun to speculate on because I do think he's a young player who's been kind of dicked around a little bit. Um, you know, in L.A., he was going to be the guy. His second year in a league, LeBron comes in. You have a pure point guard in Lonzo Ball. Le- and, of course, I'd take LeBron James over fucking Lonzo Ball. Anybody you would? would? Anybody you would. would? Anybody would. Shit. But putting that guy next to Lonzo and how Lonzo approaches and plays the game to how LeBron, you can't, he's not just a spot-up shooter. He can't be that. Well, you can't fucking shoot. Well, dude, I mean, before the fucking fucking bubble, he was good. You can't shoot a spot-up shooter. Well, that's fine. Everybody has a good shooting stretch here or there, but you can't make a guy who is a perennial, like, 35% below three-point shooter a spot-up shooter and get pissed off when he's not hitting his shots. Right, like, right, <laughs> right. It's, it's just it fucking insane. But I think that's all I got, man. You know, I hope we come out. We, we don't lay, you know, lay an egg again against Portland. Hopefully the time off can reset a couple of these young guys' minds and bodies and, and get back into this shit full force. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's all I got for this one, man. You got anything else? Uh, I hate Denzel Valentine. Not only did I have to watch him chuck up like more shots than anybody on the team last night uh, and miss most of them, but he took Wendell Carter Jr. out for like two fucking months. So I'm I'm not very happy with Denzel right now. Um, when have and you ever rare. been happy with Denzel? No, dude, that's the thing is I can't appreciate Denzel's playmaking. I can appreciate his spacing. Uh, I I think he fits the modern game in a certain way and he, he belongs in the NBA, but dude, I can't watch you do what you did last night. It's one thing when you're making the shots and I get the Dion waiters approach. You're never going to get out of your slump if you don't shoot out of it, but Holy shit. Use that passing <laughs> skill that we, that I like to compliment you on and stop injuring people during practice because you're really making it hard to be happy that you were retained for this season at this point. Fantastic shit. Fantastic shit. So, you, Denzel. That's what we got out of that. Um, everybody, be sure you're going on tapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Following us on Twitter at Bulls on Tap at on Tap Sportsnet. Following Goose at Bulls Scripted. Follow me at Buzz on Tap. We'll be back when we're back, probably Saturday after the game. Uh, granted, I don't drink myself silly again, but we'll see. We'll, we'll see where we're at. Uh, anywhere you can listen to podcasts, you can listen to us. Give us a five star rating and review. We'll be back Saturday. Hopefully the Bulls don't make a huge trade by then and we have to record another podcast. Let's go Bulls.